0: Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of How Not to Suck at the Stocks. This is your host, Dan Hansen. And as per usual, I got two disclaimers for you. Disclaimer number one, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Inside, you're going to find absolutely zero actual, actionable financial advice. Disclaimer number two is this podcast is extremely not safe for work. So my friend actually said, he said, Dan, you got to stop beating yourself up in the first two minutes of the episode. And I told him, you know, it's really not about beating myself up or about being humble. even though, uh, Lord knows I try. God, man, is it hard. Uh, the real reason is so I don't get sued. It's so some asshole doesn't listen to me and go, who's Dan Hansen guy told me to do like, no, I'm not telling you nothing. This is, this is for entertainment purposes only. All right? So that's why I put it at the top of the show, so you can't say I didn't warn you. So anyway, um, I was going to look at Ubiquity, but uh, the latest 10K is dropping soon. So instead, I'm going to do Builder's First Source, ticker uh, BLDR, if you want to follow along with this half-assed analysis. So the first question I always ask myself is, do I understand the business? Here, the answer is no. So... This is what I do know. So houses have shit in them, right? Like uh, windows, doors, cabinets, and things. Uh, and that has to come from somewhere. It has to be installed by someone. Okay, so this company supplies that shit. They manufacture it. They install it. They they supply it. Okay. Well, just because you understand what a company sells doesn't mean you understand why customers choose that specific company when they buy something. And and I and I don't. So I don't understand the business. Uh, the question number two, I always ask myself is, is the company going to be around in 10, 20 years? Well, here I'm not so sure. And you may say, well, I mean, it's shit that goes in houses. Aren't people going to have houses in 10 or 20 years? Well, yeah, but, um, it, it's not about like a technological advancement, wiping, uh, cabinets off the face of the earth. It, with an industry like this, with a company like this, it's really more about uh, leverage, So I actually knew people that owned construction companies. that got wiped out during the housing market crisis 10 years ago. And it happened because, you know, they they had a bunch of jobs. So they had all this accounts receivable. So they're rich on paper, right? They have all this inventory, and they owe money all over town to their suppliers. They have all this accounts payable. Okay, housing market collapses. The receivables don't get received. The inventory is just sitting there collecting dust, staring you right in the face, and the payables don't get paid. Boom companies go out of business now I should mention that the housing market crisis from 10 years ago was the first time supposedly we saw a nationwide housing market collapse typically it's regional uh, so the next one presumably you know we do have a next one a matter of if a matter of when presumably the next housing market collapse we have will be a regional collapse supposedly I don't, I don't know I don't know such things um and this company is uh diversified they're in 40 states uh they weren't in the west which seems like a pretty good place to be building houses if you ask me arizona nevada california they weren't in the west but when they acquired first builder source which i'll get to uh the now they are um i'll get to that right now actually uh so the leverage they have a shit ton of debt due to this acquisition of did i, did I say they acquired first builder source i'm an idiot they acquired pro build pardon me f- Builders First Source acquired ProBuild, okay, in 2015, uh, for 1.64 billion dollars. And uh, to put that in perspective, um, this company, Builders First Source, only has a market cap of like, 1.7 billion. So that was a huge acquisition, acquisition rather. Uh, going back looking at their stock price from around that time, you can see how it jumped in the spring 2015. So Wall Street must have like really. Uh, liked what they saw but in any case the point of this question was is it going to be around 10 20 years um they have a lot of leverage to be able to say yes let's just leave it at that for now uh question number three does this market have any competitive sorry does this uh company have any competitive advantages none that i see uh they claim to have advantages over their smaller competitors um things like competitive pricing which yeah over your smaller competitors a large billion dollar corporation would have economies of scale But they also have competitors their own size, like 84 Lumber and BMCH. And I don't see where they have any competitive advantages over those companies. Um, You know, real quick, uh, is there a network effect to doors? No. Uh, Are there high switching costs to cabinets? I mean, I wouldn't think so. You need cabinets. You can go anywhere to get cabinets, right? Uh, Are there intangible assets like do they have regulatory capture do they have some sort of geographical monopoly do they have um you know some great brand name i just don't see it they could be a cost leader that that's one they could have um and I, their cost of goods sold is about 75% if you go back and look uh you have to look at their competitors uh, one of which is private but you have to go look and the competitors see you know maybe uh they have better margins i don't think so but any case, so uh let's look at so long story short, do I understand the business. No, we'll be around 10, 20 years. I'm not sure. Any competitive advantages? None that I can see. So, but uh, the show must go on, as they say in uh show business. So let's look at the uh the numbers here. So normally I'd only go back ten years. But that would take me to 2007, and I want to get that full housing. I want to get that full market cycle. One second. Good drink of water. I want to get that full market cycle. So I went back as far as I could to 2003, and uh, three things really jumped out at me. Uh, the first thing that jumped out at me is your top-line growth has quadrupled over the last two years. So that's going to – you know, if you're just looking at top-line growth, you're going to say, oh, my god, this is – amazing but hey you know cool your jets for a second remember they did acquire ProBuild. it was a huge acquisition that happened in the july of 2015 so that's what's causing this and i can verify this but and you might say well if it was one acquisition how can it cause the top line to double you know two years in a row well very simply remember they acquired them in july of 2015 so, okay, that's, that's one doubling. And then in 2016, that was the first fiscal year where ProBuild was contributing to the top line for the entire fiscal year. So that's why it doubled again. Okay. Um, second thing that really pops out at me is in 2016, you had earnings before tax of $22 billion but then net income of $144 billion. That's because you had this huge $123 billion deferred tax asset. Because this company was losing money for so long, ever since the crisis and all through the recovery up until like 2016, basically. Um, so you had this huge deferred tax asset. And it, that's a one-time shot in the arm. Uh, just like the top line growth is kind of um, deceptive, this bottom line here, this 144 million dollars for 2016, that's very deceptive. If you just looked at PE, I mean, their their PE is like 10, okay. But it's because of this huge shot in the arm. So their TTM, their trailing 12 months, uh, you're looking at 174 billion net. Sorry, not billion. Not Apple. 174 million dollar net income, but that's with again 111 million in deferred tax assets so i think i've made that point pretty clear um that the this net in, this this net income is unsustainable uh the third thing i noticed is this company never really looked that sexy even if you went back to the heyday 2003 2006 that's when the housing market was you know the bubble was in full effect um this company only had like at its highest a three percent profit margin Sometimes a one percent, and if you're one of those companies, where they make it up on volume, but I'm, I don't know, it it doesn't seem sexy. Um, I'm gonna add a fourth thing that I noticed is so their earnings before tax, which is the proper way to look at this, right? Because they have these huge tax deferred tax assets. You want to look at their earnings before tax it was 22 billion in 2016, $62 bill. Did I say billion again? 22 million in 2016. 62 million in uh, their trailing 12 months. So that's a huge jump. Like why did the earnings before tax triple in the last 6 months? Um I couldn't find a singular reason for that. I think it's just because you're talking about such uh, tiny margins. I mean even at 62 million that's only 1% of the top line. So I think it's because you're talking about such tiny margins that like you know like these little drips are falling to the bottom basically. And, you know, it's easy to make small numbers go up a lot. Uh, let's see. The last thing I said kind of sits unsettlingly in my stomach, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Uh, let's see. What's the next point I want to make? Um, so, okay. So I've looked at the company... Uh, with, you know, the, I've already said how it's qua- the top line has quadrupled with the ProBuild acquisition. But what happens if we strip that away? Well, if you strip it away, then sales grew 4% in 2016 and 3% in 2015. So that's a big difference between quadrupling, is it not? And uh, let me read you a quote from uh, the most recent 10K. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, actual U.S. single-family housing starts increased 9.4%. And single-family units under construction increased 12.4% in 2016 compared to 2015. So here's... And it's similar double-digit stats for uh, growth for 2015 over 2014. So here's the problem. You have a market growing with with double-digit growth, but you have the company inside that market only growing at 4%. That's a problem. You you don't want to see that. Um... So then that'd be a red flag for me with what little I know. How many more points do I really have? Where are my notes? Anything here? Nope. Okay, just one more thing. I think we're done. Uh, so I, I alluded to this before, how they have a shitload of debt. So their market cap is $1.7 billion, but they have $1.9 billion in debt. And they have negligible cash. So their enterprise value, I estimate, at $3.6 billion. So basically double their market cap. If not, no, higher, more than double the market cap. So if you're just looking at P.E., the P.E. is about 10. But there's two problems looking at P.E. One, I alluded to, I've alluded to both of them so far. The, the price, the market cap, vastly underestimates the enterprise value. And two, the earnings is massively inflated due to that deferred tax asset that I referred to before. So I feel a better way to look at the company isn't to say the company has a P.E. of 10. A better way to say, well, the enterprise value over net income is 21. An even better way to say the price over earnings before taxes is 28. And the best way is to say the enterprise value over earnings before taxes is 58. So the enterprise value over earnings before taxes, remember, I'm using enterprise value to account for all this debt. I'm using the earnings before taxes because I want to get rid of that insanely huge hundred and you know twenty two million dollar deferred tax asset. I'm a, I'm left with a multiple of fifty eight for a company that's core top line growth, not not including the most recent acquisition, this ProBuild acquisition, grew at four percent during the last fiscal year. A fifty eight price multiple for a company growing at four percent. So and again. Remember the whole thing, saving my butt here, covering my ass here, is I don't understand the business, so I could be wrong, but I'm just telling you, seeing what I see, like just you know, I read one ten k, I looked at the numbers going back, you know how many every years B through P, whatever that is, um, and it looks ugly, it it looks like shit, but man, what do I know? So all right, that's my that's my half-assed analysis of builders first source. So thank you everyone for listening. This has been Dan Hansen, and another episode of How Not to Suck at the Stocks. All right, take it easy. Bye-bye.